following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to Common Debauchery with your hosts, The Nightmare and Rotten Jack. <laughs> Common debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult listeners only. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> it's finally here. It's Halloween. Fucking Halloween, it's bud. Fucking Halloween, bud. It's best day uh, of the year. This is better than Christmas. Boys and girls, it has been a long two months. We are here. We are doing it. We, it is, you know what? I have decided here and now we are releasing this Saturday night. So the night of Halloween's Eve, you can start listening to this oh, all through Halloween day into Halloween night. We are here to talk about the deepest, darkest, evilest of the evil of the world that we live in today. The real world monsters. The real monsters that go thump in the night. And unfortunately, or sometimes bang. And sometimes the thump and sometimes bang stab. is stab. Slash. Uh, there was something popping. I don't know. I don't make the rules. Insert it's, some sound effects here. Yeah. Guys, it's Halloween, and it's our serial killer episode. Yes. Uh, welcome to Comet of Otter, everybody. I am the Nightmare, joined by Rotten Jack, and uh, this is what we've been working towards. This is what we've been doing a two-month lead-in for. Yeah. Is this episode right here. Originally, we were just going to do, like, just this episode for Halloween, and then we're right. like, fuck it. Let's make two months out of this. I don't know if we got two months in us next year. Uh, no, this was this, this was long. This was a lot. Uh, I am feeling a little burnout on the Halloween stuff. I love Halloween. I am fired up. Uh, we are doing zombies of Bills quarterbacks past for the Bills game at, our, at the tailgate this weekend. Um, Which I could have swore that was supposed to be an 8 o'clock game. No. I, I originally thought that too, actually. Um, I believe we come back after, I think the home game after this is a primetime game. I think. I could mm. be wrong. I could I be know. wrong. It has happened before. Um, anyway, so we are dressing up. We are doing makeup and stuff for zombie quarterback time. Um, we've even debated, you know, the idea of headsets and clipboards for, you know, those of us wearing the backup quarterback attire. <laughs> <laughs> so we are uh, we're debating that. We're talking about it, having a good time with it. Uh, if I if someone has to go as to, they might walk around with a gigantic key. Because, you know, he got the key to the city. Yeah. But, oh, I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. Off the sports, onto the scary stuff. We are here. We are doing it. It is the serial killer episode. Uh, save the best for last here. This is, I mean, we've talked a lot of mythical stuff. We've talked a lot of fictional stuff. Last week, we talked about cults, uh, cults and some, some more real real things. But a very, that, I mean, that is very select. That is very, you got to find yourself in the right place and time with the right people or the wrong people, depending on how you look at it, uh, doing the thing and the stuff and the stuff and the thing and the thing and the stuff for you to end up uh, in the cult crosshairs. And if you're not in the cult, generally speaking, you don't end up in their crosshairs. This, on the other hand, yeah. these are some of the most fuckedest, uppedest, ofedest, theist people that have ever existed, yeah. that have ever walked the earth, not just exclusive to the United States. Uh, a, a lot of them do obviously have ties here to the u.s um however there is at least one that we will discuss that was not so much you got one that's not you i thought you did maybe oh, it's all yeah, u.s yeah, yeah. okay yeah. there we go um so 
so this is the scary thing is this is something that uh, when you talk about serial killers, when you talk about people who commit the most heinous of things over and over and over again, you know, we're not talking about one offs. We're not talking about guys, guys and gals who turn around and snap one day and do something atrocious. And you're like, holy hell in a hot rod. Uh, These are people who do this over years, decades at times. Um, And the thing of it is, the scariest part about this is there's a t- statistic out there that every time you leave your house, there is a 15 to 25 percent chance that you walk past a murderer throughout your day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, FBI statistics state that uh, as of like August 2021, um, there are approximately 50 serial killers active in the United States at any given time. Correct. Uh, and to be a serial killer, uh, it's three or more, um, three or more kills to become a serial killer which is uh one of my favorite like inspirational quotes like you know how like women have like all like the the live laugh love and you know home is where your heart is right sign like literally your entire fucking house yep uh i want <laughs> I, I want Allie to make me one that says a murderer is only two kills away from being a serial killer <laughs> jesus christ uh so the the definition of a serial killer is a person who commits a series of murders, often with no apparent motive and typically following a characteristic, predictable behavior pattern. Uh, we will see this in a lot of the people that we that we cover here. Um, and the thing about a lot of these guys is, you know, they, they existed in society. These, these aren't people that, like, are secluded to their house. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you watch TV shows and you see, like, the spooky haunted house. You're like, oh, that dude's totally a serial killer. A lot of these people you'd walk by on the streets back like when they were active and you'd never know. No. They didn't live in creepy mansions on the dark corner of the street. They didn't like, you know, their, their no, house didn't look old. It was old Bob, your neighbor. Yeah. It, it was the dude that you went to dinner with. You, well, yeah, we had him over. We, he had us over for barbecue. Who did he barbecue? Like, yeah. you know, once you realize what happened with some of these guys. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's messed up. Well, I mean, we had, uh, um, what was it about ten years ago? We had the one caught right here in in Buffalo, Altimio Sanchez. Yes, um, you know that was nuts because there was a guy who spent like thirty years in prison for those murders, and then they finally realized, oh shit, it wasn't him. Right, and then they went and caught him, and he actually lived like three streets away from where I grew up. There you go. Like he coached t ball. Yeah, I mean the, the these people are they're sick, they're sadistic, they are. A long list of other adjectives that I don't have time to, to get into. Yeah. And the biggest part about that is uh, most of them fit in the realm of sociopathic. Yeah. Um, if you don't know. <clears throat> so a lot of people have probably um, come across a sociopath in their life. And it. A sociopath is someone with a personality disorder that manifests in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. What that lack of conscience does is it actually allows these people to do whatever they do and go about living life like they didn't do it or that it's not wrong right. or that there's nothing going on. And that's why you'd never know that the person living next door, the person sitting across the table from you recording a podcast, could be a certifiable lunatic that with, with, with bodies in the basement. You don't have a basement. I'm not worried. Yeah, I don't have a basement. Don't go down there. Okay. Okay. Um, Listen, man. I'll help you <laughs> dig. I'll help you uh, dig. We are joking, people. There are no bodies in my basement. You can come look. 
Just let me lock the cats up first because I don't want to lose them in the basement. Um, <laughs> God, I'd get killed for that. I'd freak out. I'd freak out myself because there's a part of our basement we can't get to because oh, it's a crawl space, and I don't feel like going down there. And there might be a rabid possum down there for all I know. But uh, yeah, we, we don't let the girls down there for obvious reasons because they'd be bye and have to coax them out with food, and I don't know how well that would work. But uh, yeah, so here we are. We are talking about. The baddest of the bad, the scariest of the scary. The we pe- each have five that we're talking about. Uh, one, two, three, four. I do have five. I, have I believe five you too. have five as well. Yep. Uh, so we're gonna dive in head first, and uh, these are these are people that at the end of the day, I don't care how tough you are, I don't care how scary you are, I don't care how big and bad you think you are. These are the type of people that when you meet them in a dark alley on the wrong day, they make you shit yourself. Yeah, one hundred percent. I am going to start off, I mean, without further ado, right? Right. With Theodore Robert Bundy, Ooh. a.k.a. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Bundy raped and killed numerous young women in the 70s that we know of. It could have stemmed prior to that. It could have went, I mean, we, we don't even know. This guy escaped custody twice. Yeah. We don't know what he did when he escaped. That's how fucked up this guy is. He confessed to 30 murders. They're not sure with his grandiose narcissistic personality if he overshot or or undershot. Yeah. Because part of his narcissistic narcissistic personality would be like, ah, you know what? I'll tell you it was 30. It was 90, but I'll tell you it was 30. Sure. Because you're not good because I'm smarter than you. Yeah. And, and that's what a lot of his was. Uh, he, If memory serves, he appeared in court pro se. He defended himself. Yeah. He, because yeah. He, 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 this is the dude who thought he was the smartest guy in the room, no matter what room he was in. The judge, like, fired off at him at one point, saying, you're not as smart as you think you are. You are not smarter than me. You don't know the law better than me. And the only person in this courtroom you're fooling is yourself. And Bundy laughed at him. Mm-hmm. Bundy was so intelligent that one of his escapes was telling, he, he cited case law saying that because he's his own attorney and he had to make a legal phone call, he I can he, love this. He, sh- he should be allowed to do so in peace and in private. Yeah. So they let him in the, in the library of the hold of the, um, of like, it was like the County holding area yeah. for court. And he jumped out the fucking window, yeah. broke one of his legs, and still made it away before they realized, like, wait a minute. Poof, we probably gone. We probably shouldn't let this guy alone. They open it. It's like, it, it's like that bad scene when you're on a this, date, this, and you open the bathroom door, and the window's open, and the curtain's blowing in the breeze, and you're like, son of a bitch. Bundy was one of those extremely charismatic people. He could talk a woman in white gloves into eating a ketchup popsicle. Yes. And and that's how that's how he hunted. Because uh, yeah. don't, and, and don't get this twisted. These people hunt there, there's 100%. no other way to put it they hunt um he was handsome he was charismatic he was a ladies man and he was a professional con artist so what he would do is he would approach his victims in public feigning some type of distress uh an injury a car problem uh, needing directions and because of his demeanor's appearance people were willing to just be like sure i'll help i'm not gonna lie he was a good looking guy yeah and he, then he would just disappear with them and they'd be gone forever and then found bludgeoned beaten and Ripped in half, like two states away. Yeah, like and one of the the funniest part of part of the reason he got caught was because of the car he drives or drove. Yeah, he drove a yellow Volkswagen Beetle, 
and it became so describable that this average Joe ladies man who, I mean, you could read into this guy's history and like he would go around telling people that he was from that he went to like some law school and stuff like that. Like, but he he failed out after after a semester. Mm -hmm. Uh, He always wanted to be bigger than he was. And when he realized he wasn't going to be, he started killing people. Yeah. This dude was fucked. Yeah. Is that all you got on Bundy? Oh, there's so much more, but I'm... Yeah, we, we got, we got a certain amount of time. We got 10 is, of them to talk about. That was number 10. We're moving on to number 9. Uh, so I'm going to start with uh, Ed Kemper. Ooh. Ed Kemper is... Uh, he's an interesting one. Um, he he stands six foot nine, so he is a mammoth of a man. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he also has a extremely high IQ. He has an IQ of 145. So unlike Bundy... Kemper typically is the smartest person in the room. Yes. Um, he, he he started young. He started at 15. Um, he killed his grandparents. Um, uh, then he, uh, he went and lived at a mental institution until he was 21 when, because he's so smart, he was able to convince the, the psychiatrist and shit that he was rehabilitated and they let him out. Yes. Um, he was pretty much viewed as non-threatening by people that met him that he didn't kill. Um, people viewed him as really kind of just like a gentle, a gentle, a gentle giant. giant. Yeah. yeah. Just like he was six foot nine. He was a huge teddy bear. Yeah. Um, he was frequently like, he wanted to be a cop. He I think he failed like the psyche veil or something like that and wasn't allowed to be cop. Um, but he used to hang out at a local um, bar called the jury room that cops used to hang out in. Right. And uh, he be he became good friends with a lot of these cops, yeah. and would you know just let them vent about their cases and all this other stuff. Um, eventually, uh, he he started killing uh, like big time. Uh, he would uh, lure hitchhikers to his car because these these young females wouldn't view him as threatening. Right. Um, he would take them to the woods, kill them in the woods. Uh, whether he would. Um, Stab them, slash their throats, um, strangle them, or suffocate them. Uh, he would then take the bodies back to his home, decapitate them, and dismember them, and then violate them in necrophilia-type ways that we're not going to describe. Correct. Um, uh, eventually, he I think he killed six, six co-eds, uh, six young females. There was five college girls and one high school girl that he killed uh eventually he finally had enough of his mother because uh, the mother was pretty much the primary torment in his life um that kind of caused him to start killing in the first place uh, he killed her called his mother's friend to come over killed her too stuffed them both in a closet and then took off and fled to colorado when he got to colorado he was expecting to hear like of a, a massive manhunt underway for him and everything like that. When he got to Colorado, there there wasn't. Like the cops didn't even know about any of it. Right. Um he actually called the local police station where he used to live in California and confessed from Colorado. He called the police station in California and said, Hey, I did this. Huh. Uh, they laughed at him and said, Nah Ed, like No you didn't. No you didn't. Call back later. Like, right. Something's going on. Call back later. Uh, he called back a couple hours later, asked to speak to a police officer that he personally knew. Right. 
and then confessed to him. And then in, in gruesome detail, if in, memory serves. Yes, very gruesome detail. Like every aspect of what he did with every one of these people. Yes. Um, apparently, he, I don't know if this is actually true. Um, he allegedly used to bury the, the decapitated heads of the women that he killed in a garden just outside of his mother's kitchen window. So she would look at like these wonderful flowers blooming. And he would know that right underneath it, all these fucking heads were. Right. Um, eventually, like, he called, he confessed. The cops came and picked him up. Um, the rest is kind of history. Um, he's been in prison since 73. Uh, by all counts, he is described as a model prisoner. Yes. He has only had one infraction his entire time that he was in prison. That was, like, in 2016, when he failed to give a urine sample for right. whatever reason. Um, he was such a model prisoner, he was actually put in charge of scheduling other inmates' appointments with psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. And he, this is probably my favorite fact about Ed Kemper, um, apparently his voice is so pleasant and pleasing, he actually has, over the years, narrated over 5,000 hours of audiobooks for <laughs> blind people. And uh, he has several uh, several hundred completed books to his name. Uh, I believe he stopped doing that in 2016 or 2015 uh, after he had a stroke in prison. Right. His speech just wasn't there anymore, but you know, he stopped doing it. But uh, it's probably my favorite fact about him is that this dude murdered eight people, including his grandparents, and then – or I'm sorry, ten, including his grandparents. Right. And he's narrating audio books for the blind. Books on tape. Yeah. Uh, So he's also the first one we're talking about that has a name. Yeah. A nickname. Uh, The most popular one is the co-ed killer. Mm -hmm. He was also known as the co-ed butcher. The ogre of Optos, the mad titan, and Big Ed. Yeah. Um, He also, interestingly enough, was one of the... If you've ever seen Criminal Minds, um, and then in turn the show Mindhunter, those are loosely based on the actual criminal pathology uh, branch of the FBI. Yep. And Kemper is one of the people that they talk to, like, a ton to get into the mind of people who do this type of stuff. Kemper Uh, is actually, he's very, very, very forthcoming with everything that he did and why he did it. He will go into gruesome detail, and it definitely helped the FBI... Um, create the behavioral what, analysis, the be- analysis. The behavioral analysis yeah. unit um, because they would basically they would do with him what they did with um, Hannibal Lecter in the Silence of the Lambs, where yeah. the FBI went to him with like this, these like this stuff and have him look at things, and then he would give he he would walk his, them through like the the psychology, the, the, the how, and, the why, yeah. the you know like. Uh, you're you're overlooking that. Like, why is that there? Why is that shoe there? Like, type thing. Right. Um, and he, I mean, he was a paranoid schizophrenic. So the fact that he was as intelligent as he was, uh, they do find that with high that high of IQ, there's a higher uh, correlation yeah. with paranoid schizophrenics and or paranoid schizophrenia. So the fact that he can keep his his thoughts as straight as he could to do what he did is either a testament to the handle that he had on the condition with medication and so on and so forth, or just the fact that he was smart enough to, to work through it or something, I don't yeah. fucking know. But that's scary as um, shit. He, I mean, he this, did say, this dude makes me look small. This yeah. dude's got me by five inches. Yeah. 
Yeah, this dude is massive. Good God. Yeah. Uh, he's still alive today. If anyone wants to write him a letter, you can yeah. probably write him a letter. I've considered it, but I don't. I also don't want to end up on like an FBI watch list. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you haven't because of the last two months, I think you're okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <sighs> Who do you got next? Uh, the Milwaukee Cannibal, a.k.a. the Milwaukee Monster. Yes. I'm a safe lot of- because I have tattoos, and he said that tattooed people do not taste good. So uh, South Park asked, what would Brian Boitanu do? And uh, the FBI asked, what did Jeffrey Dahmer do? Because that's who I'm talking about. Uh, Dahmer was a serial killer and a sex offender who killed and dismembered 17 men and boys from 1978 to 1991. Uh, His later murders involved necrophilia and cannibalism, along with the mummification or uh, preservation of body parts, uh, most particularly parts or all of the skeleton. Mm -hmm. Weirdly enough, he was diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder. Uh schizotypal Say it's not so schizotypal personality disorder and other psychotic disorders duh a serial killer that's got a whole plethora of mental disorders yeah no so uh Dahmer is uh, he like you look at a picture of him like you look at his mugshot from 91 mm-hmm. he's st- I mean, he's another one he has that like like average Joe, all American look going yeah, on. Yeah, you like, would just walk past him on the street and not think know. twice. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's apparently he was a very he was he was very strange uh, through high school mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, they they kind of showed it a little bit. Obviously, it's uh, dramatized for for Netflix, but they did the the My Friend Dahmer yeah uh, series, and I mean, it, a <clears> lot <throat> like a lot of this. Stems into like, you know, he was deprived of attention as an infant. You know, he, he was kind of an outcast at his house, outcast in school. Um, you know, he, at least in the show, they depicted that he gained some popularity amongst people for, you know, skitzing out, they would call it, where he would just throw fits and, you know, draw attention and throw, just cause a huge scene. And people would be like, <laughs> Dahmer's at it again. Yeah. But like secretly was like dismembering and attempting to taxidermy woodland animals and roadkill that he found in a shed behind the house. Mm-hmm. And like, um, so it, th- this is one of those instances that like, th- if you knew enough, you could probably be like, eh, that got a little weird. Yeah. Uh, by the time he was done, he got sentenced to 16 life sentences. Here's the thing I don't understand. Life is life, right? Mm-hmm. Why does like, well, we're like we're we're gonna symbolically condemn you to more than one life sentence, right? Like why? Because if like one of those just, convictions just say, gets overturned, just or say like life without possibility of parole, right? Which they all of them are, right? But so like the only the only thing I can think is that like if one of those cases, if one of those charges gets dropped or gets knocked down for whatever reason through appeal process, like you're still not getting out. Right. Like, oh, you got one knocked down. You still got 15 to go. Right. Like, and so by the time you get to that the last one, like, sure, you're 97. Go ahead. Like, yeah. Step, step. Uh, done. I, I don't know. I don't make the rules. I don't know. I've never understood that part. Neither have I. Uh, it didn't matter 
Because this dude was so, so twisted and such a sick, sick individual. He was savagely beaten to death by two other inmates in, yeah. in jail. Yeah. Um, just had the absolute tar beat out of him. Yeah. Dahmer, Dahmer was fucked because he used to take uh, and like sedate his, his victims. And he used to like drill into their temple and then pour acid Oof. into their temple. Uh, and it basically like created like a zombie like effect, and then he basically instead of like just regularly drugging people to rape them before he killed them, uh, he would do shit like that. He would beat them, drill into their head, and then pour acid onto their brain through the hole, and then like dismember and fucking eat them. So there was a rumor that uh, childhood hernia sur- double hernia surgery caused him some kind of like mental break. Um, they, they've later taken that away and said that uh, he may have had undiagnosed Asperger's, which has since, I believe since then Asperger's is no longer a diagnosable thing. It's just not a thing that it, like, it's something else now. I don't make the rules. Um, I mean, he drank throughout high school. Yeah. I mean, this dude, this dude had problems, big problems, uh, big, 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 big. He served as a medic in the army. Yes. I believe he was dishonorably discharged as well. I believe so, too. He thoroughly enjoyed The Exorcist films. Can't imagine why. Hmm. I mean, we all got to like something, right? <laughs> he went, when when he was captured, this dude is so, so fucked. Uh, he was in the process of building an altar of skull of the skulls of his victims when he was captured. Like, this dude was building an altar of, of the people he killed. Uh, he, you know, he did become a born-again Christian while in prison, though. Yes. They they almost did capture him earlier, though. One of his last victims, I know, somehow escaped and uh, found people on the street and was begging for help. But when he went after them, after the guy who escaped, um, he was able to somehow convince the people that this was his boyfriend and he'd been drinking too much and they just had a fight. And yes. the, the people uh, that the guy ran into... Let Dahmer take this fucking guy back to his apartment where he promptly fucking killed him. Right. Imagine being those people. Imagine how, how like, messed up in the head you are. Like, seeing the news break that that dude got caught in who he was and you went, Oh, shit. Oh, my God. We let him take that poor soul. Like, yeah. we, we let him do it. Like, he convinced us that this dude was, like... And, I mean, I, that, I, I would probably have trouble sleeping for a little while if, after that. If memory serves me right, I believe he also had a particular forgive me for saying this, a particular taste for, um, like, um, how do I want to put it? Like, um, uh, fuck like Vietnamese or like Oriental, um, like Thai and, um, yeah. Like that was pretty much like the consensus of like all his victims were people of like Oriental type of descent. I, I'm I'm doing everything in my power not to make a joke in bad taste here, so can we need to move on? Yes, <laughs> I'm really really trying to really not make a bad joke in poor taste. Know, so I'm, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm trying not yeah. to say here. So uh, who's your next one? Uh, so the next one is uh, the New Orleans Axe Man. Ooh, this one uh, he is one that I actually have tattooed on my arm. Um, so between, uh, May 1918 and October 1919, uh, the New Orleans Axeman killed six people and injured six others. Uh, That's a long time. 
less than a year. Yeah, my, my sorry, my yeah. dyslexia changed the eights and nines in the wrong spot. Yeah, or a little oh, bit, a little bit more than a year, but only six killed. Um, he primarily went after people of uh, Italian descent, um, Italian immigrants, or sure. just like Italian Americans in New Orleans. That would be considered a modus operandi. Yes, along with using an X. Yes. Um, so he um, he he usually didn't bring anything with him. He would just walk around the streets and just find a house and be like, fuck it, they're dead. Um, he would break into the house. He would like Jimmy the, the lock on the back door and uh, find an axe that was there. Like he didn't bring his own axe. He would kill you with an axe from your own house. Or a straight razor. Or a straight razor, yeah. Um, most of the time he would only kill the women of the uh, of the house. Um a lot of times he only attacked the men if they got in his way. Right. Um, so the the fun thing about, and we're saying the fun thing, uh, but the fun thing about the New Orleans Axe Man is that uh, on March 13th, 1919, he uh, allegedly wrote a letter that was published in the newspaper saying that he would kill again at 15 minutes past midnight on the night of March 20, uh, on, sorry, on the night of March 19th. So he gave people like, Five or six days notice. Sure. Um, in the letter he stated, but he would spare the occupants of any place where a jazz band was playing. Apparently this guy really liked jazz music. Um, Do you think he liked Yaz Flute? I don't even know what that is. You've never seen Anchorman? Yeah, but I hate Anchorman, so I try to block it from my memory. You're a strange bird. Um, I hate anyway. Will Ferrell. We've talked about this. I hate Will Ferrell. Yeah, but there's exceptions to the rule. Figure no, it out. There's not. Figure it out. Um, Lock it up. So on the night of March 19th, um, pretty much jazz filled the streets and homes of New Orleans that night. There was mm. amateur bands. There sure. was professional bands. Dance halls were filled to capacity. Um, jazz was playing all over New Orleans that night. And that night, he held true to his word. Not one person was killed that night. Um, pretty much after that, there was a couple more murders, um, but really nothing of note. And, uh, he pretty much just fell off the map in, uh, you know, late, uh, late 1919. And, uh, no one actually knows who the hell he was or what his actual like motives were or anything like people are like, uh, because he was targeting Italians, some people like to speculate that maybe it was something to do with like the mafia and the mob and stuff like that. But who the hell knows? Right. Uh, so there's a lot of in, like they they had a couple ideas of who it could this could have been. Um, and like because I, obviously it was the 1920s or the night like the early 1900s. They didn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of whole lot of stuff to go on. Uh, but they thought it could have been someone who was shot by the alleged widow of one of the, uh, of the Axeman's last victim um, in Catlin. It could have been done in California, there, but they couldn't tie her to California, her being who she said she was or any of those things. But like I said, the killing just stopped. And that's the scary part. Like, there have been times in history where serial killers have gone quiet and never been caught. And yeah. And nine times out of ten, it's either because they're dead or they're already in jail for another crime. Right. And, like, there's and just no coincidentally, way. Coincidentally, if those people get out, sometimes those killings start back up. Right. But it's very hard because there's so many people in and out of the system 
it's very hard to kind of corroborate that to be like, all right, well, the killing stopped here. Right. Who's all the people that went into prison there? Right. Uh, Who's everyone that got arrested that day? Yeah. Uh, All right. The killings started back up here. Uh, Who are all the people that were released from prison? Right. Give, Give me all the people that went from here to here while like in prison, in prison. But at the same time, like. These people probably didn't get out of prison and immediately on the way home from prison, yeah, like walk out the front door. You, yeah. <laughs> like, um, so like now, now where do you look? Do you look like all right? Give me the list of all the people released in the last month leading well, up to the first kill, or the last six months leading up to that the, the next kill. Like, and who? How far away from the last kill do you look? Because like, did he did they kill and then like a couple days later, or was it like uh, like do, were they having just a natural cool off period and like? got hit for something else while they were Six traveling months later. Like, yeah. So it, it's tough to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, uh, that, that's also why it's scary. Cause there, there are rumor out there's rumor out there that, you know, there have been guys who have just never been caught, never did time for anything else and just decided to stop one day. And who knows if, and when the itch just starts to scratch again, I have one, I have one just like that. Sure do. Uh, well, I'm going to go to, I, I don't know if you have any females on your list. This is the only female on my list. No, because she is probably one of the only, if not the only American Bare minimum, the, the most famous. The most famous, yes. Um, so, generally speaking, when you talk about serial killers and you talk about the demographic thereof, it's usually white males between the ages of 25 and 45. Yeah. Um, so, Aileen War- Warnos was obviously female. Uh, she was a serial killer and a prostitute who murdered seven men in Florida between 1989 and 1990 by shooting them at close range. The thing about her was she had a long criminal history. Uh, it started with a DUI, a disorderly conduct, and firing a 22 pistol from a moving vehicle at a younger age. She ended up marrying a 69-year-old, Cli- Cli- 69-year-old yacht club president and then beat him with his own cane, resulting in a restraining order just a few weeks after they got married. <laughs> like, so if, if, if this were a modern day 2021 tweet, it would be like, marries a dude 40 years older than her and hits him with his cane with a bunch of the red flag emojis. Right. That's what that would look like. Um, so she ended up working her way into prostitution. Um, I couldn't find much in the way of who or... Uh, like what caused a lot of her problems. Like everyone else, they kind of like said, oh, they had this type of mental disorder or sure. whatever you want to call them. Uh, this girl was just kind of had a, a rough life. Um, I mean, just kind of seemed like a party girl who ended up trying to get, try to try to marry and try to get, get rich quick by marrying an old dude. Then he put a restraining order on her and then she got into prostitution. Yeah, and the first guy she killed, his name was Richard Charles Malor, uh, Mallory. He was fifty-one, and he was an electric store owner, or uh, sorry, an electronic store owner who had been previously convicted of attempted rape. So, she ended up shooting him at point blank, and along with six other people, five or six other people, it looks like, um, she claimed. They tried to rape her, and she was doing it in self-defense. So mm-hmm. her MO. All right, so you heard me say during your last thing, modus operandi. That is yep. the method of operation. That's the, the Latin legal term for it. Sure. Um, her MO was 
she would solicit like she would be solicited as a prostitute. They would start to do the, like work the transaction, and then she'd shoot the guy and be like, "He tried to rape me." So she tried yeah. to get away with like killing people, like taking money as a prostitute, then killing the John, saying he tried to rape me when he really didn't. He was just a dude trying to get his rocks off, apparently. Yeah. And uh, she ended up being convicted of all six murders. Six, seven, six? Seven, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, well, she was sentenced to death for six of the murders. Yeah. She was executed by lethal injection in October 9, on October 9th of 2020, uh, 2002. Yeah. Like, so she's one that breaks the mold. She's like, imagine, and now I couldn't imagine doing any of these things no but like imagine being a dude who's just like ah you know a lonely day lonely night you know look through the look through the classifieds find a lady of the night do 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 here time location price cool show up 300 bucks yeah here you go right here yeah bang 300 bucks boom he tried to rape me like what right oh what talk about a bad day yeah Uh, definitely don't Play the lottery that day. No. Survey says worst case of blue balls ever. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, listen. What the fuck? Listen, if Larry the Cable Guy can say blue balls on a, on a comedy special that gets watched by people all of, of all ages, we can get away with it on this podcast. Right. That has a disclaimer at the top of the show. Yes. Uh, so my next one is uh, Son of Sam. Ooh. Son of Sam is a good one. Uh, so Son of Sam also, his real name is David Berkowitz. Uh, was active in New York City from uh, July 1976 to July 1977. Uh, he killed six people, injured nine others with a 44 Special Bulldog revolver. Ooh, yeah, that's a Get, nasty little business. Getting getting fancy. Yeah, that's a nasty little piece of business there. 44. Um, upon his capture, he uh, he he stated that he was urged on by a demon that was possessing. His neighbor Sam's dog that was telling him to kill these people. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, uh, that's probably one of the craziest things about him is he, he claimed he was being told to do the shit by a fucking dog demon. Right. Uh, they actually they sent him for like psychological evaluation. He was found mentally competent to stand right. trial. Eventually, he he later uh, confessed that like, he hoax. made that shit up. Yeah, but like. At that point, like it stuck, like it was it was too late at that point. Um, so uh, six people, nine injured. Um, they eventually came to suspect him, based on a whole number of other things. Uh, once police did suspect him, um, they they found him on the street and searched his car, and they found a gun. Right. Uh, it was not the gun that was used in. The murders. Correct. However, it gave them enough to be like, hmm, this guy's got illegal weapons that he shouldn't have. We think he's our guy. So they went and they got a warrant to search his apartment. When they searched his apartment, they did find the forty-four that he was using to kill people. And basically, when they found it, uh, he just plainly said, well, you got me. Right. And that was, that was it. Um. He is actually the reason for uh, what is today known as the Son of Sam laws Yep, um, that were created in New York originally, but uh, a lot of other states have adopted something similar um, that basically prevents criminals from profiting on selling their uh, selling their story for books and interviews. Right. 
uh, because he like he got famous, yeah, because of the media coverage of what he did. Super and, famous, like he was becoming a millionaire in prison for it. Yeah. Um. So the laws stopped that. That basically, like, no, he you could can't... not see money from anything regarding his anything. Like, yeah. essentially, if you get convicted of these things, and like, you cannot use crime to become rich, wealthy, and famous. Right. So, um, which I can't say I blame them in any way, shape, or no, way. no, 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 no. Um, he is still in prison to this day, and by all accounts, he is a just like Ed Kemper. He is an absolute model inmate with really no issues on his record from his entire time in prison so far. Yeah, uh, he did during the '90s, and uh, he amended his confession. Did he really? Yes, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Uh, he claimed that he was a member of a violent satanic cult. Yes, that orchestrated the incidents as ritual murder. Yes, that's why uh, recently on Netflix there was the. Sons of Sam yes. show that looked into this theory that it was not just Berkowitz that committed these murders. It was a group of people. He was the only one that ever got charged with it. Uh, they did open a new investigation in 96, but it was suspended after inconclusive findings. Right. So, yeah, this dude was pretty twisted, too. I mean, th- th- like, this was literally just I like going around shooting people for funsies. Yeah. Like, just, uh, yeah, because he really didn't have, like, any anything really going on. Like, he just. One day, decided to start fucking shooting people. Yeah. So, anyways, I started blasting. <laughs> pew 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 pew. pew. Uh, I say goodbye and good night. Please let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang 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 bang. Ugh. Yours and murder, Mister Monster. The first letter of the Son of Sam. Sorry, the final page of the first Son of Sam letter. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, this dude was fucked. I mean, these all these people we're talking about were fucked. Yeah, there's not a normal one on the list, that's for sure. No. So, uh, speaking of people who are fucked, the <laughs> Night Stalker. Good old Richie Ramirez. Uh, Richard Ramirez. This dude, if there's ever been a dude who, like... Gained rock star status? I mean, gained rock star status, but also, like, that you feel bad for, because, I mean, this is a... This is a this is a nurture situation. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. We we can talk and argue like, do you become a serial killer by nature, by nurture, by both? Like, right. are, are you born that way? Do, are you created to be that way? Like, whatever. Richard Ramirez, if, if there's an argument to be made that your upbringing can cause you to do some really twisted shit, Richie Ramirez is the guy that is the poster boy for that argument. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So he turned into a serial killer, a serial rapist, a serial kidnapper, child molester, and burglar. Uh, so, tale as old as time. And originally, he he only started out as a burglar, right? Like yep. he didn't even start off as a serial killer. Like yeah, he was just, just robbing people, just going around burgling. Yeah, sometimes you got to burgle. I, I mean, I don't make burgle's got to burgle. Burgle's gonna burg. Uh, so, tale as old as time. You know, daddy drinks. Richie runs away from home, but sleeps in a cemetery to get away. Like, he just gets out of the house by sleeping in a cemetery. That's where I would go. Right? Yeah. It's the last place they'll look. And you get to have some fun freaking some people out. <laughs> Somebody's coming and just sit up like the Undertaker. and just, Oh, my God, what the hell? They see you and they start talking to you and you're like, wait, you can see me? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm here. Um, so after he got away from his father, uh, he ended up going to live with his cousin Miguel. Uh, or Mike Ra- Ra- Ramirez, who would show him pictures of his time in the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. of him raping female Viet Cong and young Vietnamese women uh, before decapitating them with a machete, all of which he had Polaroids of mm-hmm. because, you know, vacations are fun. 
Yeah. Uh, so after he got, after Mike, he, he witnessed Mike murdering his wife at 13. Yeah. Like, go figure. So a dude who was sharing pictures of the, of the fucked up things he did in Vietnam ended up killing his wife. Color me shocked. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's, what, that's where electric blue comes in, so you can color me shocked. Get it? Electric blue. But it's anyway, uh, <laughs> he ended up moving into his in with his sister, whose husband was a peeping Tom. This kid's would, 0 for two or would, 0 for three at this point and would take him out on exploits at night to go peep on people. I mean, this what, dude was what doomed little 13 year old doesn't want to see some titties, though. You know, this dude was doomed from the start, like all of these things, like. After after the first two, after you know his after his dad and all the BS with him, and then his cousin with the with the pictures and the like, and, and then watching the dude kill his wife, he needed to go somewhere stable and normal. Nope, let's go to hang out with my peeping tom uncle. Yeah, and it was all downhill from there. Uh, he has at least thirty one victims, mm-hmm. uh, and that's because some of the victim listings are so and so and family. So and so and their children. Yeah. So and so and like roommate or something. Like it, it's so messed up. Uh, his first one was he murdered a nine year old Chinese American girl in the basement of the apartment building where he was living at the time. So she was walking with her brother who said he lost a $1 bill and ran off to go look for it. He walked up to her, told her he knew where it was took her to the basement, raped her, and killed her. Mm-hmm. My man, th- this one was not connected to the, to the subsequent Night Stalker crime spree until 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was so outside the parameters of what like anyone was looking at. Uh, it, it just... Yeah. He's probably one of the most fucked people yeah. on this list. Yeah, this dude was twisted. I mean, and so then he went from a nine-year-old, and he went up to like a seventy-nine-year-old that he did the same thing to. And this is this is why they had so much trouble catching him because he had zero preference. He was um, how how do they state it? Um, basically, he had he had no preference. He anyone was fair game. Anyone was fair game. Young, old, black, white. He didn't give a shit. Right. Then he went to a 22-year-old. He was an equal opportunist. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So then he went to a 22-year-old, then a 34-year-old, a 30-year-old. Like, his his MO changed a little bit here and there between, you know, bludgeoning, like almost decapitating, like after slashing throws, shooting people. Like, he was all over the board. Yeah. That's That's why they couldn't really figure... Out that for a, for a long time they thought that this was multiple people doing all these different crimes and shit because every every time it was different age sex method like there was there was nothing to really connect. So he ended up getting caught because he entered the house of Bill Carnes and his fiance Inez Erickson through a back door. Yep, and. Uh, he shot Carnes in the head, turned his attention to Erickson, and told her the night he was the Night Stalker, forced her to swear she loved Satan as he beat her with his fists and bound her with neckties from the closet, 
After stealing what he could find, he dragged her to another room before raping her, then demanded cash and more jewelry and made her swear on Satan there was no more before leaving the home. He told her, tell them the Night Stalker was here. Uh, she untied herself, went to the neighbor's house, got help, and for her severely injured fiancé, who apparently he survived after being shot in the head three times, Yeah, which is impressive. Um, and then from her description of him, they were able to identify him and then eventually captured him because they kind of had a clue of who he was. Well, yes and no. I believe there was a a footprint that they uh, that they found that they molded and they found out what what shoe it was, um, and that was like privileged information from the police. Um, only the police knew about that, um, and the mayor. Uh, this was all in what San Francisco area. Uh, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the San Francisco, uh, he right, like he he went to go visit his brother in Arizona. His yeah. brother wasn't home, so he went back to L.A. Yeah. So basically, uh, the mayor of San Francisco uh, at the time, uh, Diane Feinstein, who's now a U.S. senator mm-hmm. from California, um, she pretty much almost blew and fucked the entire investigation because they, the police, shared this information with her that they had these specific things that they were looking into like this shoe they found out what right. specific shoe the size the the make the model of this shoe and everything like that she went on fucking tv that night and put it all out there to the public uh they almost lost him because they were looking into him and she put all this out there he went on the run so he actually he got caught because he walked past police officers who were staking out the bus terminal hopes of catching in terms of catching him, should he attempt to flee, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and they watched him walk into a convenience store. And a group of elderly Hispanic women, like, looking at him, yelling El Matador, which literally translates to the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw his face on the front page of a newspaper and, like, the headline calling him the night invader. And he ran. Uh, he ran across the street, attempted to ca- carjack a Ford Mustang, and was pulled out by an angry resident. He then ran across the street and attempted to take the car keys from Angela De La Torre, who her husband, Manuel De La Torre, witnessed an attempt witnessed the attempt and hit him over the head with a fence post. Yeah. <laughs> this dude, in his attempt to escape, got the shit yeah, kicked out of him. They they chased him down uh they chased him down the street and they forced and held him down and beat him. There was a pretty big mob, it was like twenty or thirty people beating the shit out of him <laughs> in the street. They found him severely beaten, unarmed, and took him into custody. The crowd crowd had grown to several hundred people uh, and began to grow unruly toward Ramirez, responding. Uh, the officer, who was no re- had the same last name but was of no relation, stayed behind while they drove the while they drove him to the Hollenbeck police station. Yeah, good God. Yeah, talk about a bad day for him. Like, he gets recognized, he tries to run, and then a mob catches him and beats the holy fuck out of him. So he, he's <laughs> described as a made psychopath as opposed to a born psychopath. So, he, right. like, all the things that we mentioned in his early childhood created the man that became the Night Stalker. <sighs> yeah, I don't think that you can go through a childhood like that and not become something like that. No kidding. Uh, he died of complications to secondary B-cell lymphoma. Yeah. In 2013. Yep. Uh, like, his whole trial was, like, this whole fucking rock star event, too. Like, yeah. it was nuts. People were, 
women were lining up on the streets to like send him like nudie pictures yep. and the mail People and all were... this stuff. Like, I mean, the same thing happened with Bundy. Right. Uh, and, and that's what happens when you sensationalize these things. Rock star status. Like women were lining up to marry him. Yeah. Um, so my next one is probably, uh, not probably, is my second favorite serial killer of all time. Right. Uh, the Zodiac. Ooh. So the Zodiac was uh, active in the Bay Area from 68, 1968 to 1969. He had five confirmed dead with two wounded and suspected of between uh, anywhere between 20 to 30. And he himself claimed through his letters to be responsible for up to 37 killings. Wow. Um, this guy was a true sociopath. He named himself the Zodiac Killer in the letters that he would send to the press. He would send letters to the newspapers taunting them, you know, like ex- like writing about like his exploits that he did. Um, some of these came with um, ciphers and like codes um, that he himself created. Um, there were at least four of them, um, and he also threatened to go on mass killing sprees and bombing sprees if these newspapers did not print these letters that he wrote with those ciphers in the paper. Right. So basically, he, just like the New Orleans Axe Man, wrote a letter, said, print this in the paper, or I'm going to do this shit. Um, a lot of those ciphers took years. I think it was like 51 years before the first cipher was actually cracked. Um, in those in the cipher that was cracked, he, he talked about how he was collecting souls for the afterlife uh, to create an army of some sort, yada, yada, yada. This dude was nuts. Um, they... They don't know who he actually was. However, just recently, as of about three weeks ago, military intelligence codebreakers claim to have positively identified him as Gary Post or Post, P-O-S-T-E, um, who died in 2018, yep. unfortunately. Um, however, who really knows? I mean, there's, there's so many. You can. So that, that group is a team of 40 former law enforcement investigators uh, who basically task themselves with looking into cold cases. And they claim they've identified him based on new physical and forensic evidence and information from eyewitnesses according to a press release. Right. Uh, Honestly, though, who really knows? Because some of those codes still haven't been broken. Right. Um, because he created like his own system of like fucking letters and symbols and it made absolutely no sense. This, um, this dude is so, this is so scary. Like so, so incredibly scary because like, here's a dude who for the, like for how long evaded police <clears throat> taunted them, sent letters to the news. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find me. He would leave notes at crime scenes. Um, that uh, one of them was that, uh, or in, in his letters, he would leave, like, taunting notes like, you know, Zodiac 37, you know, LAPD or San Francisco PD zero. Right. Like, because they, they never caught this guy. No. So who knows if it really was this Gary Post guy or not. Um, I don't know if we'll ever positively know unless they exhume the body of this Gary Post and do, like, a DNA match if they have any DNA from crime scenes that is positively his um who knows 
I, I don't know if we'll ever actually know. No. And uh, because it and, wasn't, and you would think that if it was legitimately that they, they cracked it, like it is this guy, it would be like front page news. Yeah, it would it, be all over CNN, Fox News. They would quit with all their political bullshit for a day at least. Right. And be like, yo, hey, we caught Zodiac. Zodiac is identified um, and it wasn't it was you know i mean there was a lot of news articles about it but nothing really too and, and this too is concrete. this is so like there, there's so little on this that there's five confirmed deaths yeah two injured possibly 20 to 28 total and he claimed 37 yeah so like what in the blue hell are we talking about yeah here? who the hell knows like, and that's why this would be such a big deal if they like and the fbi has come out uh, like on that uh that group that we were just talking about coming out and saying we know who it is, we figured it out. The FBI has come out and been like, it's still an open case. Yeah. Like, we can't comment on suspects or thoughts or anything. It's still an open case. Right. Like, so officially, it's not closed. Officially, no. this post dude is not the guy. Because the FBI, you'd think if they had enough evidence, the FBI would look into it, cooperate, and be like, yup. Yeah. They're oh, not. 100%. They're not. They're so, not. Yeah. Uh, who's your last one? Uh, my last one is Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or H.H. Holmes. America's first serial killer. Uh, He confessed to 27 murders. Yes. Was only convicted and sentenced for one. Uh, His victims were killed in a mixed-use building that he owned in Chicago, informally referred to as the Murder Castle. Uh, He was a a professional con artist and... uh, a trigamist, which is basically a polygamist, but he had three instead of multiple. Sure. Um, I mean, this dude had like 50 lawsuits against him in Chicago alone. Um, this dude, uh, there's so much here. Um, um, do you have the uh, the the time frame listed? So uh, I know it was late 1800s. Uh, let's see, 1880s, here. I believe, or early 1900s, something like Span that. Span of crimes, December 5th, 1891 to October 25th, 1894 confirmed. Yes. In Illinois, Indiana, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Yep. So he made his way up in Canada. Yes. And everything. And then back down to PA. Yep. And they, they apprehended him in 1894. Yes. So uh, he killed, he is, <laughs> so this is, and this is another one, uh, 10 to 34 killed, uh, 200 plus estimated or possible. They have no idea. No. But he only got convicted for one, and he was put to death. Yeah. F- nine days before he turned 35. So this murder castle that he built, I don't know how much information you have in front of you about it. This place was fucked. Like, he had hallways that led nowhere. He had doors that opened to nothing except, like, a sheer drop-off. He had, um, like, shoots, basically, like, shoots and ladders in the walls he had doors that would close and then he could lock them from the outside and they were like hermetically sealed and he would pump gas into these rooms to kill people and then dump their bodies down chutes right into the basement um unfortunately they eventually did tear this place down um and sadly no one can ever kind of investigate the grounds where it once stood because it is now federal property, they built a post office on top of it. Can't imagine why they do that. People people have tried through like Freedom of Information Act stuff and whatnot to be allowed to even do like ground surveying, yeah, like with with like sonar equipment on the property, 
Um, federal federal government won't allow it. Can't do it. Which makes you wonder, what the fuck are they hiding down there? What do they know that's down there that they're just like, ah, it was this fucking 1800s, like, whatever. He's dead. Uh, There's claims that it was actually, like, part of it was a hotel that was never actually open for business. Right. But that's how he would lure people there. Like, oh, yeah, come stay at my hotel. And now you're you're dead. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Yeah, this dude was the definition of fucking twisted. Um, I mean, nope, that's the wrong page. See, and this is why we are like, I'm, we're trying not to read too terribly much because we don't want to like pause in dead air and stuff for you sure. guys. Um, there's, but, just, I mean, there's so much about these people that like you, you start looking at one thing and you're like, Oh fuck, where's this take me? Right. Like, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. Um, his first, his, his early murder, uh, was his victor was his mistress. Uh, who was the wife of somebody else? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, she she moved into his building and began working as the. There was a pharmacy in the murder castle. Yeah. Uh, she started working at the pharmacy's jewelry counter. And yeah, uh, her husband found out about the affair. He moved away. She he the leaving her and the daughter behind. He gained custody. Yeah. Uh, she gained custody. Remained at the hotel. Continued her relationship. They disappeared on Christmas Eve in 1891. Yeah. He claimed she died during an abortion. Uh, what truly happened to the two was never confirmed. No. Like, cause because even if she died... The, most of the time, they didn't even have a fucking body. Right. Cause, and, like, if, if she died from the abortion, what happened to the daughter? Did he right. just, like, get out? Like, no. Come yeah. on. Come on. Right. Um, so that, my last one, segues perfectly into your last one. Probably debatably not so debatably the single most famous serial the killer creme de la creme the cream of, of the serial killers the man when someone says serial killer probably one of the first ones you ever think oh. of and the reason for my name on the show good old jack, jack the, the ripper. ripper uh so good old jackie boy uh, was active in the Whitechapel District of London in 1888. He has uh, five known victims. Right. There, there's a shit ton of um, murders and like attacks in the Whitechapel area of London at that time. But uh, because of the amount of attacks, like there, there's very much uncertainty about how many were actually done by Jack the Ripper. Right. Um, Canonically, they can only actually attach five that they can like definitively prove and say, yes, these these five were Jack the Ripper. The other ones, they may have been, they may not have been. No one really knows. They can only attach five. Um, he he prim- primarily uh, targeted prostitutes who lived and worked in the slums areas of the Whitechapel area. He would slash their throats and then... Once they were dead, he would mutilate their abdomens. Ooh. Basically, just slice them open, like, just, straight down and just, just rip them. their rip their fucking guts out. Yeah, just ripping them. Um, he, uh, he would remove internal organs, uh, or he did remove internal organs from at least three of his victims, which uh, led uh, investigators to believe that the killer had some type of anatomical or surgical knowledge. Sure. Okay, um, so with that respect, uh, 
law enforcement at the time was looking at like butchers, slaughterers, surgeons, doctors, just because like he was, for lack of a better term, this dude was fucking surgical with yeah. the shit that he did. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, most of the information and the police files relating to this uh, were lost during World War II when Germany committed the Blitz. Right. Um, so unfortunately, Blitzkrieg. We 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 can't really. We don't have really much to look at in in the way of like evidence and anything like that. Just what is known. Um, ironically enough, because of Jack the Ripper, this is where your first like neighborhood watch comes from, right? Um, I'm sure like growing up, your parents probably were a part of like a neighborhood watch. It's you know kind of a joke now, but you know this was the first one. So like in September of 1888, a group of volunteers. Um, formed to form the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee, which is stated to be like your first um like neighborhood watch group. Right. They would roam the streets, look for anyone suspicious, yada yada yada. They unfortunately they never captured Jack the Ripper, which I think is why he kind of goes down in history as one of the most infamous and well known, just because of the unknown. Of course. Um he also would taunt um, newspaper reporters and everything like that. Sure. Um, there were hundreds of letters that claimed to be written by him himself. Only three of these are pr- that prominently stick out that could be attributed to them. And only one of them is really kind of definitively like, yeah, this was probably actually written by him. Right. So the three letters in question are known as the Dear Boss letter, the Saucy Jack letter, and the uh, From Hell letter. So the from hell letter is the one that is attributed to this is definitely more than likely written by Jack the Ripper himself, who actually didn't actually refer to himself as Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper actually came from the Dear Boss letter. Gotcha. um, That it was signed by Jack the Ripper, which is one of the three that is said to be attributed to him, but can't necessarily definitively prove it. Right. Um, So... With the From Hell letter, he sent it to a reporter named George Lusk, along with half a kidney. Oh. Yes. That was preserved in ethanol. Sweet. Yeah. Preserved kidney, half a, half a preserved kidney in alcohol. Um, one of the victims of Jack the Ripper, one of the five canonical known victims, was missing her left kidney. Sweet. Yes. Um, testing on this half of kidney that was sent to George... Showed that it was a left kidney. Oh. However, due to scientific limitations at the time, DNA testing wasn't available. Yada yeah, yada yada. That's why they I couldn't. Gotta, they couldn't actually prove the DNA evidence. Right. <laughs> Again, Blitzkrieg. Right. I know. Um, so, um, in this letter, Jack claimed to have only sent half the kidney because he fried and ate the other half. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So, um, one of the biggest theories and probably one of the most prominent best theories as to who Jack the Ripper was, uh, stems off of your last gentleman you talked about, H.H. Holmes. Yes. There is one very prominent theory that he was Jack the Ripper. Um, though the dates don't line up exactly, you know, given the time period, stuff could easily be altered. Sure. Um, not recorded properly. So what, what was, what was the exact time frame on, on the Ripper? Uh, 18, it was just 1888. 
Okay. So interestingly enough, to tie this together, in 1882, uh, Holmes entered University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery. Yes. So. Exactly. Um, so one of the one of the best things that kind of supports this is that Holmes regularly left constant paper trails of financial transactions, promissory notes, legal problems, and lawsuits all over the United States. Right. Okay. Until that trail of that fell silent in July of 1888, and the trail did not pick up of Holmes in the United States again until 1889. Correct. Now, I'm not saying it definitely was him, just an awfully big coincidence that, you know, the Ripper murders took place in that time period where there's no record of anything of Holmes in the United States. We're not saying that H.H. Holmes is Jack the Ripper, but, I mean, he might be. Could be. Could be. And And, and, and if you you see a picture of H.H. Holmes, it's kind of like what you depict Jack the Ripper Ripper to look like in every form of... Right. Pop culture. So. Uh, so the one thing that really does kind of tie this all together is that um, uh, the the Ripper killings were in a very short time span from August to November of 88. Uh, Jack disappeared suddenly after he took his last victim. Like, he, he did the last victim, and then he was never heard of again. Um, not too long after that murder, the last murder that Jack the Ripper is attributed to was Mary Kelly. Okay. Not long after that, a ship log revealed that someone called H. Holmes left England for America. Okay. So, not saying 100% true, but I'm at least leaning 60-40. I'm leaning more towards H. H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper than not. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to argue with. You know, like I said, the dates don't necessarily directly line up but it's uh it's close enough that you gotta wonder and that's scary and like and like we said at the top of the show i mean right now there are no less than 50 active serial murders potentially potential serial murderers in the u.s alone yeah uh we live in a scary world folks we live in a very very scary place a very very scary time and um you know that's one of those things to keep your head on the swivel be safe be smart because you don't want to be the next person that we talk about on the show in in a year. And if you do end up becoming a serial killer, can we be your first interview? Right. Call us. Call us. Let, from prison. No, no, wait, yeah, call us from prison. Don't call us beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> like, call, call us from prison. We want to be your first interview. Uh, if you call us before prison, we'll meet you at a very public place. <laughs> <laughs> Strapped to the teeth. Yeah. Uh, ready to throw hands. Ready for everybody. And uh, yeah. So uh, I do have a confession to make, man. Yeah. I'm a serial killer. Me too. I eat all the bowls of cereal in the morning. Ah, uh, yeah. Captain Crunch, <laughs> man. Captain Crunch. Oh, uh, buddy. You killed Captain Crunch. It's so bad. Uh, so that being said, thanks for sticking with us, guys, through two months of spooky stuff and scary things and dark, devious deeds. Uh, you know, we appreciate you guys coming with us. You can look forward to November starting back to normal content uh, going forward into the holidays, and we'll do some holiday specials here and there, but nothing quite like this. This was a one-time deal. We will do other spooky stuff next year around this time. But uh, not nearly to the extent and the depth that we went this time. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like just one month, just the month of October. Yeah, just year. October. And uh, <laughs> you know, we, we have different subsects and stuff to top, talk about of different things that we kind of touched on this time around. Uh, and we we have a year to let this cool off to do it again. So yes, uh, we are still going to try to hopefully set up a ghost hunt at some point with our medium friend. And 
Uh, you know, all kinds of other cool stuff. We have some cool stuff coming your guys' way in November, maybe. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. But, uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, we really didn't plan much ahead. No. Like, after October. No, like, we, we... planned we, these two months, and then, like, we haven't talked about what we're doing after this. So, yeah, we, we're going to we, have to sit down and figure out what the fuck we're doing now. We drove the struggle bus through this one for a hot, for a hot click. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> We'll see you guys next week with all that. As, as always, Comet Abatry is part of the BACBP Radio Network, www.bacbp-radio.com. Slash Comet Abatry. You can find us on Facebook, Comet Abatry. Just search Comet Abatry. You can find us there. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. With that being said, happy Halloween, everybody. I'm the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this has been Comet Abatry. Abatry.